Hi, everyone. Welcome. My name is Heather Havenwood and welcome to Uncage. I am so excited to be interviewing a dear friend of mine on his book release. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of things about mindset and psychology in the future. So make sure you stay tuned. So my name is Heather Havenwood, but that's not very important. I want to introduce you to James Miller. James Miller is a licensed psychotherapist and the host and executive producer of the nationally broadcast and syndicated Life Lifeology Radio. I love that. James has been a practicing clinician. Got you big words here. I'm, I'm the second grade reader here in the mental health field for over 25 years. James is also a classically trained pianist and composer who uses psychology and neurology techniques to enhance the listener's emotional experience. He's the author of Life Lessons. You are the expert of your life, a self help workbook that aids its readers in the journey of becoming an expert in their own lives, which is why you're here today. I'm so excited <laughs> you're here. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on your show. We've known each other for maybe five, six <sighs> years now. So we always love we get to be on each other's show. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. Oh my God. I'm so excited. You've been such a uh, mentor of mine and friend and colleague and so many different things. So I'm super excited to have you here. Okay. okay. So I just want to first congratulate you on your new book because it's Thank a you. big deal. So yes. Life Lessons, you are the expert on your life, a workbook. I'd yes. love for you just to take a minute and tell me about the vision of this book. Yeah. Well, well, first off, thanks again for allowing, allowing me to be in your show. You know, when I've in my field, I've been in the field for over 25 years, like you said, and it, there's so many self-help books out there that are fantastic. Yeah. But when I'm struggling and, and I struggle like everybody else, I'm like, I don't want to read a long book and be like, okay, let me implement these five strategies. I'm like, I need something right now. I'm like, ah, my house is blowing up. I need something. So well, the way I wrote this book, and so there's uh, 38 chapters and it's broken down into nine different categories. And so the reason why this book is different is when someone is struggling, they can simply say, this is what makes sense for me right now. Let me read this. And so what I do is I help them focus on what worked in their past, not what they have to reinvent the wheel and create something new. So for me, let's say, let's say I go through a breakup and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I, the, the breakup may be different, but the heartache is the same as what I felt before. So I can reflect on, okay, when did I have my heartbroken before? What did I do that worked? And what did I do that did not work? And so when I help the reader reflect back on that, it then helps them say, oh, okay. And then the chapters are really short. There's only like three to four pages of the chapters. And so they, they remember what they did. I give them the, the platform of how to implement the, these strategies. There's a workbook section there. They're able to fill it out and it helps them just reset and recalibrate their life. And that's why this book is so different. Well, I could have used this workbook last week, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Going through my own bullshit in life. Like, yes, like it just feels like it's a little bit of like the Bible. Like you're like, oh, <laughs> the breakup thing. Let me read that chapter right now. Know, right? <laughs> so you're a little late, by the way. But I, I love how you've created this. I mean, I've known you for years and you are someone that I could literally send you a message and you're like, oh, you need to do this, right? Because you are so full of wisdom as, as 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 a as a, just an artist, but also truly as a psychologist, and I think it's really powerful that you put these two together. So um, I'm super excited. Congratulations! Thank you. And who is this book for? This book is literally for anybody, anybody who wants self-development. So it's either for someone who's in crisis at the moment, or you can read it like a traditional self-help book or just book in general from front to back. And so all of that is important. Anyone who just is just needs a little bit of guidance or gets stuck in the moment, that's who this book is for. So pretty much everybody. 
pretty much everybody. Okay. So by the way, y'all need to know that I just adore James and he's smoking hot and I absolutely adore him. And I, <laughs> I think he's on this show right now. I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. I was so I purposely didn't I purposely didn't um, button this for you. <laughs> <laughs> you? I'm like, oh my god! And the first thing he said to I'm me was like, "I love your lashes." I'm like, of course, because that's who we are. We're just vain that way. I love that. Thank you, sure. Thank you for my point lashes. They're awesome. Okay, so I would love just for to get your take. Yes. You know, it's a little timely right now. Just recently, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard um, verdict came out, and if you're listening, going, "What does that have to do anything?" I, I want to kind of bring up just a little bit about this was a case yes it was about quote-unquote defamation but really it was about the public opinion i mean 20 days of trial jury trial Mm -hmm. all broadcast across the universe um many countries thousands and thousands tens of thousands of people were watching including myself and i think one of the lessons i got from it was uh, as joe rogan said look everyone's kind of (laughs) crazy You don't have to not just be a celebrity (laughs) just to be a little crazy, right? But I just want to talk about the public opinion and how having the court of public opinion can really affect people's lives and have them do things that maybe if they didn't have a spotlight on their life so much, they maybe would not have done. What do you say to that? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually my background is well in psychology, like you said, uh, 25 years in this, but I was also a forensic evaluator. So I would determine what, just like we would see from the different experts on there, I would determine mm-hmm. if people are competent to stand trial. I would do sanity evaluations and risk assessments. So I loved watching this. I mean, all the, all the, the jargon they were using. I was like, oh my God, I'm literally eating it up. But you know, it's true when, when someone is a celebrity or someone is in the spotlight, they, they, often, or just, I guess, anyone in general who has a, um, who's in front of people, there's yeah. often this perception that they have to present a certain way, et cetera. We can see that with social media. We can see there's all different ways in which people present themselves. And so there's a standard that's often given for individuals who are in that platform. And so they're treated in a different way. They're either too much of this or not enough of this. And so it becomes this extreme aspect of it. So, uh, for example, people say Amber Heard is too much of this or Johnny is too much of that, as opposed to just saying they're just people who are unfortunately going through this this horrible lawsuit. I mean, it's, it's so painful for both of them. But I think that's one thing is that if the public eye and people, they create this extreme version of them, almost like a caricature of some sorts. And in that, that's why people sometimes have to feel they have to play those roles out. Do you think that this particular trial, I think, because at the end of the day, yes, there was a quote unquote defamation, but it felt like it was one big like breakup scene. You know, it was one big relationship breakup scene. He said, she said, and here's what he did in the relationship. She's what, you know, and I think all of us, including myself, were like, thank God they don't have trial of my last relationship. (laughs) Oh my God. I would have come across all those videos. Yeah. All those videos and and the recordings. I was like, oh my gosh. But it was interesting because some of the recordings that I think that were Mm -hmm. introduced were supposed to sway the audience one way, but it may have had the reverse effect in that. And so with those types of things, it's like, oh, you have to be careful because the public eye will go with whoever has the most emotional, um, whoever can emote the most, whoever it can be more Mm -hmm. personable. That is historically who the public eye will go towards. Do you think that, um, I mean, I'm talking celebrities in general and influencers in general, Mm -hmm. um, do you think that people like project their own stuff onto celebrities or influencers sometimes. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? 
Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of yeah, a lot of times that happens. So if someone says, "Oh, I can relate with this person," or "This person is my yeah. is my idol," or "I want to be like them," then what they'll take is their own personal aspects of it, and they'll they'll make that connection. So that it's what, almost like a form of global labeling. Global labeling Ooh, is essentially if something labeling? happenings, okay. and then you when somebody or something does this thing, then everybody else who does that thing or looks like them, all of a sudden. Yeah they do it all as well. So if you align with someone and then you have a similar situation as them, then all of a sudden everyone that is against the celebrity, you're now against that celebrity or against a circle of, of the people around that person who is against him. So I'm similar to this person. And so if I link to this person, then if if this person gets hurt in the circle, yeah. then I'm all of a sudden going to think, yes, I don't like any of those people that are against him now. So, okay. And so I love overcorrection, global, overattention. Like, so it's an overcorrection. Correct. Yeah. So like global labeling, like that was interesting. Like tell yes. me more about that. So there are 15 common thinking errors, and this is also in my book. Uh, so 15 common thinking errors. So great segue. Um, so the way we look at a situation. So if I have my glasses here, these are my blue blockers. So or these are actually my sunglasses. So the way I look at this right now, I am looking at. Okay, is he adorable? Can we just stop for a second? If you're <laughs> not, my glasses. not on video, like how sexy are you? You're so Tom Cruise right now. Okay, stop. Stop. So when I look, I, when I, look at, I digress. No, but come right. on, I apologize. I thought they're my old man glasses. Um, so when you when you look through those those lenses, you see something different. So a thinking yeah. error is essentially like those lenses. You look at a situation and it skews the perception. So when, when someone has a disconnect within themselves, or let's say you and I talk and there's a disconnect between us, one of us use one of those common thinking errors. And so mm-hmm. one of the 15 common thinking errors is global labeling. The global labeling is, it's a, it's a grand form of stereotyping, but it's, it's so, it's so magnanimous, so large rather that it's, it's, it becomes the person's way of life. So for example, if I overcorrect with this with, let's say, Johnny Depp, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just like him. I want to be like him. Yeah, my girlfriend did this to me as well. Then all of a sudden, then that person now says everyone else who reminds him of Amber or who reminds him of everyone else, they're always going to be the same. So every celebrity, every influencer that has some similarity from what Johnny Depp went through, now they're going to pretend like everyone that was kind of like that are now all of a sudden horrible or bad or have this label or not. So that's what happens when I, when people overcorrect like that, then they take their own, their own stereotype and project it to everybody else. And when that happens, that's how you have so many people who hate so many people and, and celebrities because they have a similar take on that. Yeah, it definitely feels in this particular case, just because it's sitting in front of us, it, it definitely yeah. had this, like, who do you like more? And, yeah. you know, it felt a little high school, kind of. Um, well, that reminds me of the whole thing, if I could digress, or to yeah. um, the whole thing with, who is it, um, Brad Pitt, um, Jennifer Anderson. Angelina and, Jolie. Um, Angel, yeah. There was a Brad whole Pitt. thing that happened, yeah, yeah. The, the, those three, that the, the, the love triangle or whatever. And then when that happened, the people would choose one or the other, and it was this whole aspect. And so now, even to this day, there's still camps of saying, um, I'm for Jennifer, I'm for Angelina. And it's like, <laughs> we weren't even part of that. But it, just like the whole thing with, with, this, with this case with Johnny Depp, it's the same concept. So when you align with someone, anyone who is not in that alignment, now all of a sudden you global label them. Anyone who likes Angelina, I don't like them because I like... Um, because I like Jennifer or anyone who likes and vice versa. Now they have this perception, same type of thing when it comes to um, political, political figures. If you align with someone, it's the same thing. So you have all these aspects of the global labeling that if you, if someone likes whomever or doesn't like whomever that you don't like, they must be this way. And so that's how that turns into this whole fiasco of such divergent camps in many ways. 
Would you say that people do that? I do that. I mean, I can even tell you who I'm for and against the Brad versus Jennifer thing. But I know it's, it's ridiculous, right? Like we're in people's relationships and we don't even know them. But yeah. like, it's almost like it's a self-identification. Like for instance, yeah. with the Brad Jennifer, I, I have this heart for Jennifer. Now they could have just created that, but I do have this heart probably because I see myself in her, right? Mm. I see myself in her from a past situation yeah. that's like, oh, I've been there, girl. Like, you know what I mean? And like, how dare you take her, whatever. And there's almost a projection and like a, a self-identification correct even mm-hmm. and, and it's weird like you know i don't know jennifer Aniston, of course but like in a way in a way because of that she could do no wrong in my eyes it's always mm-hmm. weird you know if yeah. she always said she came out and she'd be an axe murderer there'd be pizza be like well probably not you know because i have like a, <laughs> yeah, no, i right. literally she's probably not exactly. that bad i mean i could be an axe murderer too like you know like i think it's like this self-identification mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. identify with her yes even though I obviously do not know this person, but it, does that make sense? I mean, it does. Yeah. So let me, so just to correct, cause I, I remember when I, when I started talking about global labeling, it, it got a little, I, I didn't explain it the way I could have. So the global labeling is essentially you attach to someone and then anyone who doesn't like that person, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they must be a bad person. Now the converse of that is what you're saying is now when you do attach to somebody that you overly identify as far as there must be something different. I'm a good person. So if I identify with her, she must be a good person. And so that is the aspect of how often we, we control our morality is based off of someone that is in the spotlight that we identify with. So if they're doing well, they're doing this or that, then, and I feel the same way, then they must be good. So it's almost like a personification of our morality by saying this person must be good because they remind me of myself. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> you know, I, and I think it's really interesting because as we move into, I mean, you and I are in the spotlight, obviously not at the level of yeah. Johnny Depp. Maybe sure. you are, you know, but I mean, we we are we are people that are in the spotlight, you know, at yeah. some level, all different kinds of levels. And there is some kind of um, kind of a global, like you said, a global labeling that happens. Mm-hmm. I think even myself, as I grow my brand, mm-hmm. and I think people who are listening and most of my listeners are entrepreneurs and influencers influencers and creators, like as they're putting their creation out there in a way, sometimes we have to stop global labeling and moving into what really is our creation, almost in a way saying, how can I uh, basically follow someone else's footsteps when reality that's not so it makes sense. Yes, it does. Well, and that's the thing when we, when we can recognize that we've over identified with someone, it is important to say, well, these attributes I aspire to be like, but I am not that person. So we can look at different attributes. Mm -hmm. There is, and this can even go into relationships as well. There's a cannibalistic trait aspect where we see somebody and they have this entrepreneurial aspect. They're so successful. And so we're drawn to them so much, but it's not really the person. It's really the characteristic that they present. So they can't, you're trying to cannibalize that aspect. So like, oh my gosh, this person is the best speaker ever. amazing. But it's really not even what they say. It's about the charisma and the ability to present on stage or however, however they speak. And that is what you're trying to cannibalize. That can be from an external aspect or that can be in relationships as well. So it's really important to reflect on if you are, if you admire someone, do you truly admire them because of what they do? Or are there certain attributes you admire that you feel that's less within yourself? And so when you recognize that something you're working on, then I say, okay, I aspire to be like that, but I don't want to over identify with them. I need to spin that in the way that, yes, if that person speaks well, I want to be able to speak well, but with my own style. Ooh. Oh, so it's a way like admiring, like Correct. I want to be like that. Yes. And then they almost in a way admire it so much because in a way they want to have the thing. Exactly. And then they overly emulate that. And then that's why you see a lot of knockoff people um, who are 
entrepreneurs, but they try and knock off other people's brands, et cetera, because they're trying to replicate something because they don't have it within themselves. So they don't realize they have that within themselves. So when they over identify mm. with that, they try and mimic it. And in that it's, it's a form of flattery, but it's also a form of in, respectfully insecurity because they don't yet know that you can do it just as well as they can, but with your own twist. And so that's why you see a lot of, of, of cutouts like that. It's like with me trying to create Kim Kardashian's ass. Yes. Never going <laughs> to happen. Just like that. <laughs> like, exactly like that. I can't seem to get in the, there's a, <laughs> like I do not have an ass at all. So it's never going to happen. Um, but there is a woman out there, I forgot her name. She's a comedian. I've seen her out there and she has this, all of her Instagram reels are pretty much the same. And she has a video. It's usually some model or something doing uh, something sexy. One time she had Cindy Crawford, like doing this Pepsi thing. And then she tries to do it herself, but she, she's like, <laughs> and she'll do this funny thing, you know, and it, it, everyone laughs about it because and of course she blew up over it because it's kind of like that. Yeah. We see these beautiful models exactly. and, you yes. know, Cindy Crawford, her hair is blowing and she drinks Pepsi or whatever it was. And we're like, yeah. and then you have someone who's real trying to emulate that. And you're like, that's me trying to like, what the hell? So, yeah. you know, I'm just kind of laughing. But, okay, but, but, so I also, but let me say this as well, though. But, you know, in that, I think people forget that as an entrepreneur, you have a team behind you. You know, Cindy Crawford has has that fan, has has a makeup artist, has all that. And so it's important to know as an entrepreneur or solopreneur, yes, that is what you do. But as your brand gets bigger, you have other people. Like I have, I have a publicist, uh, Red Heifer Media, if anyone looks for, need a new publicist, they're great. But they're, they're good for me in the sense of I have been able to do what I do, but they do things behind the scenes for me. So just like, you know, the Johnny Depp thing, or even when it comes to um, uh, the Angelina Brad thing, it's also the spin of how these people are presented. So yes, we as, as, as entrepreneurs are one way, but it also happens in, with people don't realize behind the scenes there's production that happens. And so when people try and emulate that, it's like, why can't I do it? Well, it's because if you're a solopreneur, you probably don't have the resources or the ability to do that because there's so much happening. So that's something I want people to really remember. <laughs> there's so much behind being an influencer and creator. Yes. It's insane. It, it's, it's really this true business that it's really challenging to comprehend. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was an interesting stat, but I recently read that the number of accounts on Instagram and TikTok, they were kind of similar on the percentages, yeah. not numbers, of course, um, that the percentages of the account holders, meaning open an uh -huh. account on either platform, the, the percentages of the people that are just consuming versus mm -hmm. creators, okay? It's okay. like it's like 5% are creators. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like people who so are like- So that's a huge niche there then. Well, yeah. And, and what that tells me is 90, you know, was that 80, 95%, let's mm -hmm. say 90, 10, 90% of the people who are just, we're just, they're consuming. They're consumers, yeah. not creators. And I say that yeah. as a way to empower people to say, look at the opportunity. You think all these big people are creating, but there's actually very few. And so I wanted to, you to talk about why is that? Is it that that fear of being in front of the camera, mm -hmm. being fear? Can you just talk about that? Of course. You know, you see it? a lot of these big accounts and you, people do try and replicate that. So you will see a lot of people do those types of things. And so when that happens, they replicate it and they don't get the success that they want. So like, oh, why is this happening? So 
there, for whatever reason, there's obviously a lot of creators who are successful right off the bat. Some people, it takes a little bit longer, but, but there is an aspect of people are trying to replicate everybody else. Now, as we know, there's nothing wrong with replicating a process, right? Uh, but if you rep, but if you replicate the actual activity or actions, it's not going to work because it's not original. And I think that's where a lot of mm-hmm. people, they try these things and they forget that there are a lot of ways to do something that's original with your own voice, with your own brand, with your own setup, all of that's important. So yes, the, the market's saturated in a lot of ways, but a lot of it is saturated with individuals who aren't doing anything new. And so when they don't do anything mm-hmm. new, then even though the, the number may be low on the creators, but nobody really watches those other people. And a lot of people stop doing it because they don't get that following, that instant dopamine hit of, oh my God, I got a like, I got a follower, I got this. And so that's why you'll change. And so speaking of dopamine, so as we know, a lot of people watch um, a lot of the TikTok videos and um and different types of quick videos like that, it's a quick dopamine hit. So dopamine is, a, is one of the feel-good chemicals that helps you focus, it helps you get really, it gives you some energy and motivation. And so when you watch those quick little videos, all of a sudden you get a hit of that. So you get flooded with all this dopamine. And so people love to watch those things. It gets more and more. And that's why people are now having ticks, literal ticks uh, from, from watching it. And then you also really? have, you know, people, yeah, for three or four hours are watching this. There's, I think it was, I can't remember, so don't quote me on this, whoever's listening. Uh, I think there was just not too long ago, there was like nine girls different places started to get this, a form of um, Tourette syndrome because they would watch it and they started to get these ticks. And I can't remember how long the ticks would last, but it is something that is starting to become a phenomenon because people are getting overly saturated with too much stuff, too much, um, too much of the, the stimuli. And so yeah. that's something that happens as well. So you going back to what you're saying, there's not that many creators, but there's so many people who've tried, they failed. And so a lot of people want to look at the other things that people are doing. And so they do that more and more and more. And pretty soon those creators that were once creators are now just followers and viewers, and they don't do anything more because they are getting that dopamine hit over and over and over again. And with that, why do you want to create if I'm feeling so artificially good based off of these other videos I'm watching? God, I'm thinking of myself the last two hours I watched TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch it, but I, I get I get them sent quite a few. They're, they're they're actually funny. I mean, they're great. I just I just don't watch it, so I watch. Yeah, it but, so you're not basically you're saying you're not following me on TikTok, James? Is that what you're saying? It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Apparently, I'm supposed to be on it soon. I haven't done anything, so I, I will How talk to my. How dare you not phone. watch me, James Miller? <laughs> all right. So about your life. So I just wanted to kind of turn the ties a little bit. We talk about your book, sure. Life Lessons. You are the expert of on your life workbook. Um, and so right now with, with your book and where you're headed right now, what's your vision? Where are you going with this? Where's the vision of the book yeah. and like, where are you headed? Cause I know lifeology is an amazing brand and I know you're growing is becoming a huge little brand. Where's the vision there? Where are you going? With the book itself, I am, I want the book just to help as many people as possible. You know, obviously the we, sales is a great thing, but I was, when I was really thinking about it, when I was writing it, I'm like, I just, if I can help whomever, because there's, there's always hope. And sometimes we just don't feel like there's hope, but this book will give people hope in a direction of ways to go. But the thing with the, with the book itself, I am actually excited because Lifeology loved it so much, that word so much that I trademarked it. So if you see it any of the place without a trademark, it's not mine. <laughs> it's so it's, it's not mine and it's infringement. <laughs> so anyway, but, um, but with since the radio show, as, as you know, it's, it's huge. And so I'm moving Lifeology into different aspects of it. So Lifeology is now op- opening up a publishing house. And so I've been wanting to do that for so long. I'm sure like you, you've written many books. I was approached by many fantastic publishing houses. I mean, amazing. Like I was like, oh my gosh. But when I really looked at what they would do for me and looked at what I was able to do, I was like going through this process right now. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's like go ahead, go well, ahead. pre-COVID, pre-COVID, it was different. There was a lot of advancements, et cetera. There's four different ways you get paid out pre-COVID. Post-COVID, 
that does not happen. So, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I get it. I get it. And a lot, and a lot of publishing houses have closed down. Totally, totally get it. And so, there's a different aspect. And so, I have been fortunate to have a very large brand of following thus far. So, I thought, okay, well, I have a, a PR team behind me. I have media behind me. I have a lot of things behind me. So, why would I just like when I did radio? Why would I, respectfully, because publishing houses are fantastic. Why would I? bring someone else in to then cut into my profits and to do things that I already have in my team that I can do. So I thought, well, let me, let me look at that. So like this one is my first, this book is the first one with Lifeology Publishing. I've been blessed already. I have quite a few people are interested in um, publishing under my brand. So I'm really excited about that. It's scary as I'll get up, but that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur is that fear turns into excitement. That excitement turns into profit. So I am really looking forward to seeing how that rolls out. We have, um, we have a children's section. We have um, nonfiction, of course. So all that is starting to roll out. But that's that's really where, where Lifeology is going in that respect. And then we have a whole broadcasting aspect that's coming out as well, different from radio, it's be for television towards the end of the year. But it's there's a lot of things that are happening. And I'm really blessed to be around individuals like yourself and many other people who are just inspiring. In fact, I was talking to someone today who uh, has, a, has a premiere in, um, in New York City for a show that's happening on Netflix. And so he is the protagonist in this show. It was fantastic. So uh, tomorrow's the premiere. I can't say what it is yet, but there's an NDA. <laughs> but anyway, so it's really nice to be around a lot of individuals who are just doing things. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. You don't have to be at a certain level, but when you're around individuals who are excited about life, who are excited about whatever their craft is, it doesn't have to be anything as an entrepreneur, but if you're excited about going to your job and you're doing a really good job at it and your, your focus, your mindset is really determined that you become the average of the people with whom you associate. And so that is one thing I surround myself with individuals because when I struggle and I struggle like everybody else, I want to be able to be around people who can lift me up and encourage Mm -hmm. me. And then that's how my brand goes to the next level. So that's where Mm -hmm. this book and where Lifeology Publishing is going. So true. That's why I hang out with you. I just like grab on you, just like hang on, just pull on your jeans, and I just get dragged. Um, that's not true, but kind of. I know what you mean. So yeah, when I first when I first met you, I, I was in Austin, and now I'm in Florida, and you're in Florida. Yes, We're in different yes, coasts, but now I'm like James. I could like I know we have to get time. together. I can't believe it. We have to. Do I know it. we have. Not. I could just run <laughs> over. It's like five hours, but still. I know exactly. So we're like we're in the same state. <laughs> we got closer. Definitely got closer. closer. Okay. So I just want to wrap it up real quick. Um, just kind of like tie this up in a nice little bow. And, and now, you know, we're now here in 2022. Uh, we're at post pandemic. I know that you still mm-hmm. see clients um, yep. as a practicing clinician and, 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 and as well as everything else you do. I would just love to just, just share about where right now we think we are as of 22, two years after the the pandemic thing and where do you see people are and they're struggling and how, how can this book really help them in that process? Cause I really feel that people who are listening, a lot of people suffer in silence, yes. right? And yeah. I sometimes am one of those people. I suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know where I do that from, but I yeah. do sometimes. And I think that, I think this book could really help them where you see people like struggling um, in your private practice, why they share sure. that with you and then where things this help, this book can help. Sure. That, that's a great question. You know, pre, as we know, pre-COVID, everyone's life was, you know, for the most part, great. Post-COVID, that one year of quarantine, I have seen so many high-functioning people not become high-functioning anymore. And I say that respectfully, because we all have struggled, and I've struggled as well. Yeah. And, and it, it changes everything. And so all of a sudden, we're like, oh my gosh, so now the new norm has been created. And with the new norm, if you will, 
there's there's some things are the same and some things are not and so it, it creates this whole aspect of there's no there's no template and so yeah. people we've done like I'm 46 years old so I have 46 years of, of my life and all this well I guess it was 44 at the time and then all of a sudden you know I have one year of crap and so now things are different I'm like do I do it this way? Do I not do it? I, I don't know. Ah, and so it becomes a little weird because, you know, now if someone coughs in the, in the elevator, you're like, oh my God, you know? And so everything, it's just this whole, this whole reactive response. And so that's one thing about this book, Life Lessons, You Are the Expert in Your Life, a workbook. The reason why that is so important is because it really breaks down to so many different aspects. And so if I may read very quickly, the, the book is broken up into nine different categories. When your emotions overwhelm you, improving your communication, blindsided by life, improving your relationships, moving on with your life, life lessons, identifying self-sabotage, creating your future, and even tackling the holidays. So with all the chapters, the short chapters, like I said, are in there, you'll definitely find what you need in that moment. It's a good launch pad for you, help you focus on Mm. what didn't work, focus on what does work, and then you go forward and you have a fantastic day and you start to change those cognitive distortions or change those struggles that you had because you're like, wait a minute, I've been here before. If I've been here before and I'm still alive and I'm okay, I know I can get through this. And that's where you are the expert on your life. I think um, mine is how to deal with online dating apps. Okay. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we will talk about that. <laughs> or tackling the holidays for me is a big one. Like, oh, I'm not a fan of the holidays yeah. at all. So, but I love that you broke that down. Like that, that's, that just, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And you could like go to the moment, like what yes, do you need right exactly. now? And that is really unique because I, I, I'm a, I have self-help books here all over my house, totally transparent. (laughs) Um, And uh, most of them are like read through. And sometimes you don't need that. So it's like, you just want to have the thing that you're dealing with, the relationship, the dealing with, or holidays you're dealing with, like just pick it up and go, just reminders. It's like a self, it's almost like a self-coaching in a way. It is, it really is. I love that. Okay. So I've already bought a copy or pre-copy and I'm super excited. I'm so excited to have you here. Where can they find you? Where can they find the book? Well, thank you. Once again, I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much for letting me be in your show. So you can find the book um, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold, Walmart, Target, et cetera. Um, If you want to purchase it, you can purchase, go to lifeologypublishing.com or you can find me at jamesmillerlifeology.com if you'd like to work with me. But I'm really active on Instagram, not yet on TikTok. So at jamesmillerlifeology, you can connect with me there as well. Yes, he is very big on Instagram and he's going to follow me on TikTok one day. (laughs) One day. (laughs) One day. All right. So say that website one more time. LifeologyPublishing.com. LifeologyPublishing.com. Because if you haven't figured out, James talk, likes to talk really fast. So I want to make sure. I do. When you and I first met, we talked, well, at least I talked very quickly. We now. talked We talked a lot. But yeah, <laughs> LifeologyPublishing.com. Congratulations on Thank your you, imprint. Heather. That's a Thank really you. a big deal. And for someone who's going through that right now with mm-hmm. my publisher, literally had a phone call today. I'm having another one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think it's just such an awesome move that you did that. And you're saying, you know what? This is new times, new creation. Yeah. I'm going to step into my power and step into that, help other yes. people and say, I'm going to create my brand, make my brand even bigger and to really support and help other people because things have changed. And that's what entrepreneurs and creators like you do. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right, everyone, make sure that you do follow James at lifeologypublishing.com. And we will see you soon. This is Heather Havenwood. Make sure you follow me at uncaged.show and Instagram at Heather Havenwood. Thanks, guys.